Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In, in Nashville, Tennessee, no longer Los Angeles, California, I am the professor, Matt Perkins. Uh, joining me from across the Harpeth River, it's the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, boys? Just uh, excited to be here for yet another edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. We are uh, going to be some fashionistas again and talk about uniforms, but uh, coming soon are our conference preview, so I'd be remiss to say, if I didn't say, stay tuned. All right. Well, uh, you can't stay tuned without uh, the third amigo in the second city, a man who will be improving his way across the streets of Chicago tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's our blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. I mean, I, get, I would also be remiss if I did not categorically deny that I am the improv performer. I will be in the crowd. Okay. I am well, not the performer. Uh, I believe that's the most times you've ever used the word remiss in one show. Well, speaking about things that we're uh, remissing, um, programming note, uh, the offseason is effectively done. So uh, starting this week on my blog, Big Ten and County, will be my previews. I normally start with uh, kind of teams that are sort of projected to be a little lower. So if you're interested in Purdue football, uh, that'll be out either Monday or Tuesday. All right. Well, uh, we're not talking Purdue today. We're talking Big 12 and Sunbelt Unis. We're going to start with the big boys. Uh, Josh, why don't you take us away? Uh, I believe we're going to start in Waco, a a team mired in scandal, and so are the uniforms. Uh, Yeah, we are. Um, I probably judge teams that are green and gold a little more harshly because that was my high school color, and I thought our high school had pretty good classic uniforms, so I know how well you can use the color. And – Baylor really doesn't. Uh, they have a weird stripe on their pants that, like, starts midway through the pants. So it starts at the half mark of, of them and goes up. And then as it gets towards the hip, it turns and goes over the butt. It's really awkward. Uh, they're pretty mediocre, though, overall. All right. Um, what I like about Baylor's uniforms, I, I think they're good and bad. Um, and I, is my microphone on? Can y'all hear me? We can. Yeah. All right. Um, the one uniform I really loved that Baylor had was they had the gold chrome finish helmets with the same finish on the face mask, and then they had the all-black uniform. I thought that was extremely sharp-looking. I thought the all-grays, uh, and I'm not usually a fan of all-grays, but in this case, I think the gray with sort of the green accent on the sleeves and the, and the matte gray helmets were or a good touch. I think overall, the, the only good thing Baylor has going for them right now is their uniforms. And I think they're using the template of if, if we sort of become the organ of Texas, as far as uniform goes, that might can be a recruiting tool that we can use. Hey, recruits, um, we're not going to, we're essentially not going to wear the same uniform uh, from week to week. And we have all these endless amounts of combinations you know, it's like a big, it's like waving a big shiny object in front of the recruit. You know, it, it it's good to a certain extent, but it only takes you so far. But I mean, I, I do like their uniforms. The only ones I don't like are their white jerseys um, with the with kind of the gold accent on the sleeves. I, I I don't like that. It's got the the bear paw print on there. It's more prominent on their white jerseys for whatever reason. It's not as prominent on the others, and it doesn't bother me as bad. But I just don't like the white jerseys too much. And, Honestly, I've probably said way too much about Baylor. <laughs> um, Baylor also noted for having some uh, unique face masks as well uh, uh, on their helmets. But uh, next, uh, heading up the road, uh, Iowa State Cyclones. We've seen some similar ones, and we'll see another similar one to Iowa State when we get when we look at USC. Yeah, to me, the biggest problem for Iowa State starts right off with their helmet. Uh, Back in, like, 2008 or thereabouts, uh, they changed their logo to a block I with state written uh, across it, and it looks very similar to Idaho's longstanding logo, so it's a very derivative logo by Iowa State. 
And what I don't get is starting in the 60s, they put a bird on the side of their helmet, which is their mascot, um, because it's hard to have a cyclone mascot. And so they have that dating back to the 60s. In the 80s, they had a cool tornado with Iowa State written in really cool script. Uh, they combined the two in the 90s, had the like a bird turning into a tornado holding ISU in a pretty cool script. I think if they go back to any one of those helmets, my personal vote would be for the 80s tornado look. I think those are awesome and unique helmets, and right now they just wear such generic helmets that it kind of turns me off from the rest of their jersey. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you, Josh. I, I love their uniform combos. I even love the fact that they have a red helmet and a white helmet, but I just think if they change their logo up, that would that would go such a long way. And I'm looking at this mock-up um, that somebody did, uh, and they, they kind of just – they have three different – mock-ups on a white helmet and it has just like a and if you google image search iowa state football uniforms you'll see it um, it's it's a tornado and they have a red tornado a yellow tornado and a gray tornado and i think that's even a cooler logo than what they got now but uh, i was also looking at a picture of cynical wallace and those i think those uniforms are, are are cool. I like the current uniforms now, but if they just had those helmets with the with the bird holding the ISU and all that stuff, it just kind of brings everything into one place, and, and you can kind of see, okay, here's what they are. Uh, okay, it says ISU. We know who they are uh, because they do look like USC a little bit, so the, the helmet's going to kind of differentiate them from USC, and it kind of sets them apart from going from really cool jersey and pant combo uh and it just kind of brings it down with a generic helmet. I think if they spruce up their logo, that would that would go a long way. Yeah, I think that they should get rid of uh, the all blacks with the red and yellow uh, uh, stripe on the shoulder. But aside from that, they seem to do a pretty solid job all around. Um, next, Josh, we have uh, the team of your prophecies, uh, the Kansas <laughs> State Jayhawks. Sorry, the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, uh, they are a team that has a lot of potential, but they just have some weird choices that I think they need to uh, to clean up a little bit. Um, the first is they're one of those teams that has alternating things on their helmets. On one side, they'll have the KU. On the other, they have the Jayhawk. Um, they have a really nice bright shade of blue, but then they put it on a matte helmet, and I think it loses some of its uniqueness on a matte helmet. I think matte works really well with some colors, just didn't work for Kansas. And then their pants have an abnormally wide stripe. So I think if they just cleaned up some of these little nibbly things that I didn't like, um, they'll score way higher in my book. Um, But that Jayhawk is a classic logo. And even if they go with the script, the way the K sort of comes underneath the U and stuff, they've got a lot to work with. They just need to fix some of their accents that don't work out anymore. Yeah, I, I think with Kansas, uh, sometimes they go to a chrome finish helmet too with that with that oversized Jayhawk. I think that looks really cool. Um, the They have really awesome colors with the red and the blue, and uh, they could do so much with it. Uh, the, the ideal combo for them, uh, I really like the font of their numbers too. I think it's something that yeah. kind of stands out. Um, I really think their best combination would be to simplify their jerseys, which they do uh, on some of their combinations. But I think their best combo would be blue jersey, white pants, and a blue chrome helmet with the big Jayhawk logo at home. And then just do the white on blue uh, with the same helmet on the road. And with Kansas, they just need to keep it simple, win a few games, and then expand their uniform combos. Um, I don't mind the red helmets either. I, I do like the red helmets with the oversized Jayhawk, uh, I like the blue better. Uh, but they have a lot of potential, but they just need to actually reach their potential. Yeah, you know, uh, I think that the shade of blue that uh, Kansas has is, you know, is a, a, a really great, uh, great shade of blue. It looks great on the basketball court, but it also looks good on, on the football field. I think that it's a nice starting point for them. Um, so, Josh, uh, head over to Manhattan. Uh, another team trying to pull off purple. 
and they pull it off really, really well. They pair it with silver and not a fake gray, a genuine silver, silver helmet, silver pants. Uh, they have a lot of Iowa ties in terms of their look. Uh, Bill Snyder being from the Hayden Fry coaching tree. So one thing that they did with him is they worked up their own kind of abstract logo, much in the same way that the Tiger Hawk is for Iowa. Their Kansas State Wildcat is insanely unique. You recognize it anywhere. It looks great on silver helmets and purple. And then much like Iowa, they wore two jerseys last year. The silver helmet, white jersey, silver pant on the road, silver on purple, on silver at home. As I said with Georgia, I love when teams have just one pair of pants. It adds like a commonality to all their uniforms make them that much more recognizable. I've said in my scoring, if it tilts towards one thing, it's consistency. So after three pretty mediocre schools, watch out for Kansas State. They are a legit contender to win the uh, overall uniform look in my book. Oh, God, I love Kansas State's uniforms. They they are uh, extremely classic. Uh, they, they've had the same look for years. And the purple and silver is a combo, a color combo that I didn't think that I would like. But every time I watch them, I'm just intrigued. I'm like, okay, I, you know, and, and as, as possibly lame as this may sound, I'll keep their game on for 15 minutes just because I just like their uniforms. I like their helmets, and I just kind of like the way they play. Um, I'll keep their game on for a little while no matter who they're playing, and then I'll switch back to whatever I was watching probably, honestly, with uh, – with my two-year-old tornado or my soon-to-be two-year-old tornado. <laughs> um, I seem to only have time to watch the Bulldogs at this at this juncture. Um, the rest of the teams I kind of have to play catch-up with. But, you know, if Kansas State's on and, and I see them, and they're, especially if they're at home, I really like uh, I really like that they go purple on silver. And, and they don't change up too much. They go white on silver with the same combo, and I think that looks just as sharp. So um, I, would, I would venture to say that Kansas State, because they keep it simple – is my early front runner. Uh, another team that has been keeping it the same for a long time, Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, they have a nameplate, which uh, we seem a little bit divided on, but I'm not sure how you could be down on Oklahoma's nameplate. They've had the Sooners across the chest for about a millennium. Now uh, they keep it really, really simple too. They wore their, I call it a maroon. I don't know if it's a true red. I think it's more of a maroon personally. They wear that maroon helmet with a white jersey. and, maroon they, and They call themselves Crimson and Cream. Okay, so I'll go with Crimson then. And then they wear the Crimson with the Crimson jersey and then the, um, the white pants at home, which I love. Those, I think, are my favorite uniforms in the Big Ten, Oklahoma's home look. Unfortunately, they decided to do the Ohio State thing, and they mixed it up. They wore a, uh, a, right, a red helmet which is, like, brighter than their normal crimson uh, for a game. They also wore a brighter red shirt for the game that they wore a red helmet. And then they wore um, a second white jersey for one of their games that had these red shoulders, kind of like one of those hockey-style yokes, sort of. Um, And it was really ugly. So uh, Oklahoma just... Do like Ohio State, I said for when we did that podcast. Ohio State, Oklahoma, just stick with your two looks. You don't need any alternates. Yeah, I mean, going going with with what Oklahoma does, man. It's just you know, like Kansas State, they've kept it simple their entire existence. They've worn the same uniforms essentially since 1782, and uh, I love that. I love their helmets. I love the I love the OU logo that they have. It's it's. It, it's much of the same reason I like Auburn's logo a lot, even though I openly root against Auburn because it's part of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. But I can't, you know, there's some teams I just can't let it cloud my judgment on, on their uniforms and certain aspects of their program. Uh, Oklahoma being one of them with the OU, I really love that logo. I really love the way it sits on that crimson uh, candy paint helmet. And then I love the fact that they just have the essentially they have the same pants they either go white on white or crimson on white or crimson and cream, as I said earlier. But uh, they have just such a classic look that it, it's, it's tough to really go against it. And, and I know that, you know, there is room out there for innovation. But the fact that some of these blue blood teams just don't 
and they win on a consistent basis tells you that, you know, it ain't about look. You know, some teams that are struggling to find an identity, yeah, I'm all for it. But teams like Oklahoma that has an identity and they have – and it's a well-established identity, don't change it up. There's no reason to. Well, you know, why would Alabama do it? Why would – and when we get to the Sun Belt, I'll say the same thing about Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern has an identity dating back to 1983 when they were born. And, uh, you know, they've stuck with that same identity. So, you know, why would you need to change in, in the case if you're Oklahoma and you have all this tradition? Why need to change? Because it, the more you change, the less – the further away you push yourself from that identity. And I think that actually hurts you in recruiting in, in that case. Well, another team that's had the similar name identity assigned with their nameplate is their in-state rivals, the Oklahoma State Sooners. Well, here's – my analogy for Oklahoma State. I like black. I like orange. Um, Matt, you've talked about how much you like their uniforms in the past. When I think of them, I think of the Barry Sanders, uh, the O being underlined with the underline hitting the S, and then the U having an overline connected to the S, something they've had since the 70s. That's what I think of when I think of Oklahoma State. I was sort of prepared for them to win. I kind of psyched them up in my head, and it's like, a restaurant that your friend hypes up, hypes up, and you finally get there, and you have a terrible experience. And that's what happened to Oklahoma State. They have a bunch of stuff that I just don't like, and I don't know if I can even go through all of it because we're trying to get through this podcast. So I'll just take it to the one. The one thing that really upset me is this year they added a Sheriff Star-type decal to their helmet. You are the Cowboys, you can't just randomly take Old West motifs and slap it on your jersey and think it's going to work. You're not the Oklahoma State Sheriffs. You're the Cowboys. It makes no sense. That right there was a big, big black mark for their jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Oklahoma State, they had something going when they went a little bit off the rails and they kind of went crazy a little bit. I kind of liked it because I didn't think they were too crazy with some of the combos they did because they didn't stray too, too far away from, from what made them Oklahoma State and what made them recognizable. But I, I think they're just starting to kind of go away with reality. I think they're starting to kind of get away from – I think they're trying so hard to be Oregon and their half attempt to be Oregon and just kind of be Oklahoma State was – what was working for them. I mean, their head coach has a mullet for crying out loud. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't need crazy uniforms to know that your team is unique and in, in, in the way they do things uh, because your, your head coach is sitting there at his press conference with a glorious mullet and probably a freaking Canadian tuxedo. So, uh, you know, I, I really liked what they did a couple of years ago when they started bringing in like the matte helmets with the, you know, with the kind of sort of, uh, alternate logos and stuff. And, you know, they have a great color combination, I think, that works for them and, and gives them the ability to be a little bit more creative than their in-state rivals, and that kind of gives them an edge. They need an edge, but I think they're just going too far with it, and they're just getting too crazy with it personally. What's also crazy is I got my spreadsheet open. They wore 11 different com uniform combos last year. Uh, they doubled up wearing their all-blacks twice. I, I mean, that's just overkill. It, it, it really is. Yeah, I mean, like you guys have said, it, sort of, it just takes away from having any sort of identity. Um, but a team that definitely has a classic identity, uh, we're talking some burnt orange oh, uh, down in Tejas. I mean, great identifying color right away. Uh, extremely classic logo. Um, you know, that longhorn on that helmet is one of the oldest logos still be on a helmet and it still stands out that silhouette uh if you want to mark down anything they're all whites are a tad boring i still gave them a six out of ten because they're still classic they don't wow me but i don't know how you can hate something just because it's a tad boring but um their home looks are great the white helmet with that burnt orange longhorn great place to start uh gotta love texas's look but i will say this texas is very lucky that we just stuck it stuck to what they wear as a football team is if we included band and cheerleader uniforms, uh, Texas would be dead last in the big 12. <laughs> TCU would be first. <laughs> cheerleader uniforms. Uh, 
No, I, you know, for when it comes to Texas, I mean, I think you said just about everything I need to say, you need to say about Texas as far as, you know, being classic and having that brand. But what they did with their Longhorn logo to make it stand out more is they added kind of a copper touch to it, kind of a copper finish to it to kind of give it that more metallic stand out, you know, bring a little bit more attention to the helmet uh, look. And I think it worked for Auburn and it's working for Texas. I also like that they put the logo in the via there in the via the neck of the jerseys uh, right above Texas. It might get a little too busy, but I don't think the, the logo is big enough to really distract from it. And, uh, I, I'm giving them a pass as well as Oklahoma uh, and, and some of the other blue blood programs that have had the name on the front of their Jersey for millenniums upon millenniums. Since, since the T-Rex was King of the land, Texas had Texas on the front of their jerseys and uh, I'll give them a pass for that. Even though, you know, I don't typically go for that, but I will give them a pass because they've done it and they've won and they've, they've been an established program. So they get the luxury of doing that. And I know, I know it's not fair to, to the, to the teams that don't have as much tradition, but uh, you know, sometimes life ain't fair and, you know, established people get, get away with certain things. And this is one of those things. Yeah, um, well, um, another team that has uh, not exactly established anything except for just wearing the color, the color purple, that is TCU, <laughs> our second purple team in the conference. Yeah, uh, one thing I love about TCU, and this pains me to say it because uh, they did it against the Badgers, um, but I loved in the Rose Bowl how they put the rose in the frog's mouth. That, to me, still really sticks out. And whenever I see that in a, either a picture or on Helmet Project, I, I always think that's so cool how they incorporated that. Um, Purdue did it that one year, and uh, yeah. a lot of Big Ten teams will do, would, used to do it with their um, logos. But it's cool how they put it in the mouth. It's like the frog is biting the rose. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, they still have some things that really work for them. I will say this, though. Even though overall they had a lot of things I, I enjoyed, um, they're like Michigan State. They kind of did a weird, funky font that was really unique at the time. It's starting to look a little dated. And uh, there's a couple Sunbelt teams for the second half of the pond that have modern-looking numbers and are – using a new font that I really liked. But with TCUs, same with Michigan State, it just feels a little old now. They either need to rejoin that cutting edge and change the font up, or they need to just go back to the traditional college numbers that everyone has almost, but everyone pretty much looks good in them. Yeah, I mean, I I would – I mean, everything you said about TCU, you know, I would agree with. I really – you know, the purple and – the purple and, and white combination is, is, is a good one. Uh, some of their combos, like they have these all gray frog skin ones that I'm not really particularly care for. Uh, I really like their purple helmets, though, uh, the same way I like Northwestern's purple helmets. I like when TCU does the Stormtrooper uniforms where it's just all white from, from top to bottom, and I uh, really like those a lot. But outside of those two combos, outside of their basic uh, home home uniforms and their and their all white stormtrooper uniforms. I, you know, there's a lot of things that TCU I think could do better, and I think they are. Hopefully, that they're not going to start to go the way of Oklahoma State and just get completely, totally off the rails with their combos, because I think they do have an identity with Gary Patterson. I think they're starting to make a name for themselves in this conference, and and let everybody know that they aren't they aren't kind of this flash in the pan, uh, Trevon Boykin. Uh, was their once-in-a-lifetime player. I don't think that's the truth. And uh, if they go too far off the rails with their uniforms, I think they're going to try to – I think they're going to subconsciously admit that. So I think they need to go back to their roots and just kind of keep it simple with the horn frog with TCU above it and then, uh, you know, occasionally change it up with the white helmets and the Stormtrooper look. But that's some, uh, uh, that's some pretty deep psychology you're going into there, Coach. Um, well, I would argue that the Texas Tech Red Raiders' best-known look is how handsome Cliff Kingsbury is. Uh, but now he might not even be the most handsome coach in the Big 12, looking at you, Lincoln Riley. Um, but, you know, it's, it's time to jump into the Red Raiders, who do not have any sort of consistency to their look. And when they wear all red, look particularly hideous. Yeah, they are a team that needs to figure out what to do below the helmet, but they have one hell of a good helmet. Uh, 
when you have a T and a T, it's kind of hard to figure out how you're going to interlock those letters or do whatever you're going to do. But in the early 60s, they decided, let's just put one T on top of the other. It is a great look. I still think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the best ways to have your letters. It's so unique because there are very, 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 very few schools that have the same letter for, for each thing. So I really like their helmets. I gave their helmets a 7 out of 10, um, but they didn't have really any jersey match that. They just need to figure out what they're doing below that great great uh, hat of theirs and then figure it out. Yeah, the jerseys are their jerseys aren't too bad, but uh, the pants are they, – they could use a little work. Um, their best jerseys, obviously, are their black with the red numbers. Um, I, I like, out of all their combinations, um, the black on black, the white on black, and the white on white are, are their best combinations. And occasionally the, the black on white, uh, black black top, white white pants are, uh, are cool too. But, you know, you said everything you need to say about the helmets. They're extremely cool. Uh, they just need to stick to the to the basic black double T. I think they should even take the stripe off their helmet. I think uh, I think that logo is strong enough to 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 hold that helmet up uh, without any stripes or anything like that. You know, I think you take the stripe off with the double T. I think you're good to go there. Uh, and I think they should just essentially just simplify their pants a little bit and, and uh, you know make a few tweaks to their to their uniforms and uh, find that same dumpster they found that Maryland found and whoever else I told to find uh, that same dumpster and take their, take their uh, all red combination and, 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 and uh, throw that in there and right. never, never do the all red again. It's, it's, <laughs> it's blinding. All right. Well, uh, moving to our final member of the big 12, uh, the Mountaineers up in Morgantown, uh, had a couple different helmets this year, uh, and one that I particularly enjoyed, the white one with the state of West Virginia on it and the WVU inside of a yellow football. I think that's a real sharp look, but we'll see what you have to say about it, Josh. Yeah, I like that helmet a lot, too. Um, I still like their interlocking WV. I wish it was a tad bigger on their helmet. Every now and then, if I was watching, um, you know, Check out a uniform on like a YouTube video or one of those ESPN videos um, to refresh my memory and look. If I didn't zoom in or pause it, it kind of just looked like a little smoosh on the side of their helmet. So maybe make it a little bigger. Uh, I love it when it's in the center court of their basketball stadium. So I know I still like the interlocking WV that kind of looks like mountains, which has worked really well. A uh, good color combination. Uh, it, it's weird though. Look at the scores I gave them. They couldn't. Get everything at like six and five. So they didn't do anything that I hated. They didn't wow me either. Um, and I guess that's something for them to uh, to figure out. That's for people that make more money than I do that do uh, design for a living. Yeah, those, those all yellows can uh, they can find that same dumpster too. Um, they can they can kind of go away, and I wouldn't cry about it. I love their white helmets. Uh, I love the uh, I love the classic look that they go with with the uh, blue on white with the uh, with the with the blue and the the yellow WV. I do love that look a lot. Uh, that's just kind of you know what they had when they first burst onto the scene in 2005 with Pat White, Steve Slayton, that that crew that that won the Sugar Bowl. Uh, they uh, it, it's a good unique look. It's it's kind of their brand. And as they continue to I don't want to say establish themselves because they've already established themselves. They just need to maintain that establishment. I, I think by going too crazy, I think they're, they're also kind of, you know, getting away from, you know, the look that, that made them a popular choice. And, you know, I think they've simplified their jerseys even um, a little bit to where they're not so crazy with all these swooshes and uh, pipings and things like that that they did in the late 2000s. But uh, I think they've kind of gotten away from that, and it's good. I really like the, the new number font, which is which is a huge plus for them. I, I, I really like when they go all blue, and I like when they go all white because they had that little bit blue accent on the sleeves that I really like. And and uh, I'm always a big fan of the uh, – I know a lot of teams have been able to pull it off, surprisingly, uh, the Stormtrooper look with the white helmet and the, the white on white. 
And so, uh, you know, West Virginia is, is going to be very high in my books here. Uh, much of the same reason why I like Baylor's uniforms. I think they have a good color combo. I don't think they go too, too crazy. Um, maybe they maybe they overstepped a little bit with the all yellows, but um, if I'm nitpicking, that's probably what I'd point to. All right. Well, that will finish off the Big 12 for us. Josh, uh, you want to give us your rundown? Yeah. Uh, so individual accolades, Kansas State and Oklahoma tied for having the best moment, in my opinion, with uh, Texas and T- Texas Tech uh, tied for uh, third once you – one and one uh, for the individual best uh, or the home best home look um, for me was Oki Homa that uh, I call them maroon, but I guess it's Cardinal uh, or crimson or whatever they want to call it. The off red that Oklahoma wears at home. I absolutely love. I think Kansas state has the best road look because they have pants with a color. It's too easy to just wear white at home and on the road for your pants uh, for the best look Overall, uh, on average, all 12 weeks combined, uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma tied again. Uh, For having the worst look, uh, Kansas State won this by having the least awful look since they're super consistent. Their uh, home jersey, I gave a seven. That's their worst look, so they won that, basically. And that really, really helped them win the composite. So here's my rundown. I have Kansas State one, Texas two, Oklahoma three, Texas Tech, four. TCU and West Virginia tied at five. Oklahoma State, seven. Baylor, eight. Kansas, nine. And sorry, Cyclones, I really, really disliked your helmet all the way down to ten. Coach, any uh, any thoughts to add there? Ooh, uh, I mean, I think this is a, a extremely competitive conference. Um, I think that last place in this conference would finish pretty high in some other conferences. Um What's, what's to be a very extremely strong football conference? The Big Ten's kind of weak in uniforms, I think, uh, aside from, you know, the couple that we picked to win it. Uh, I think the, the Big 12 is one of the stronger conferences as far as uniform goes. DFL, um, they're not a true DFL uh, because of the connotation that goes with DFL, but I think Iowa State, unfortunately, finishes last in this conference, um, and I think their helmets is what did them in. I think finishing first – is Texas because of, because of their colors. Uh, the burnt orange is such an identifiable color, and the way they accented on the helmet kind of was the, was the thing that put them over the edge. Um, I, I think Oklahoma finished second, and then everybody else just kind of finished third, and everybody else kind of finished tied for third except for Iowa State. I think Iowa State, there was a noticeable difference in Iowa State and the rest of the field. So, um, you know, there were things about every other team that, that kind of put them – that I could easily justify putting them in that third spot. So – I'm just going to say everybody else finished tied for third. So there you go. All if, right. If, if All you right, don't that... like it, email the show. <laughs> yes. And uh, that uh, sounds good to me. Uh, we will take a short break here and we will be back uh, with part two of our uh, uniform rankings today, the Sunbelt conference. Welcome back. We're going to hop back into looking at the, the uniforms this time of the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, Josh, we will let you go ahead and start then, and we will be starting in the state of uh, North Carolina with Appalachian State. Yeah, and we start out with a contender, not just for best look in this conference, but honestly, one of the best nationwide. Uh, first of all, their block A with Mountaineers written inside of it is a great logo to begin with. But then a few years ago, they took the color out of it. So now it's just a gold outline with these inside being black also on their black helmets. Just that subtle change was awesome. I love their helmets. I gave their helmets an eight. Uh, then they have on their all-black jerseys two uh, yellow stripes on their shoulder sleeves. So it's kind of like... Uh, black with then 
yellow, black, yellow, and then black on the very bottom. They recreate that exact same stripe pattern just on the shoulders of their white road jerseys. Awesome touch. And then a little flourish, they put that great block A on their shoulder sleeves as well. I love their road jerseys. I gave those an eight. I gave their home jerseys that were all black an eight. They wore an all white every now and then that was okay. But when they stick to their their black, white, black, and then all black homes, so good. I love what App State's doing on the field and with the way they look. I'll keep it real simple because Josh basically just stole all my talking points there on Appalachian State. Um, they're a team that also hasn't had to veer, veer out of uh, much tradition because they were a SCS power for, for a long time. My favorite Appalachian State uniforms are the ones they wore against Tennessee. They wore the black matte helmets with the block A, those white jerseys and black pants. Of course, I love their all blacks because I love the black on black uniform combo. So um, nothing but good things to say about App State. Uh, especially their their road uniforms when they go white on black. All right. Um, well, let's head over to Arkansas State for the second team of the Sun Belt. Yeah, they have kind of an interesting text on a lot of their fonts. They have a S and a T in kind of small letters, then a big A for Arkansas, and then a T and an E. It's also a little small. I like those better than when they put a wolf head on their helmet. I think the wolf head looks a tad generic, kind of create a team-ish. Um, and outside of that, interesting font choices, just kind of boring uh, for me. One thing that they do is I think sometimes red pants on, uh, on white jerseys sometimes looks a little like kids wearing red sweatpants. I don't know. It's a weird, a weird like qualm of mine. And Arkansas State did that a few times. So a pretty mediocre look despite having uh, a helmet that I kind of enjoy. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a it's an odd you know it's an odd type combination and, and it's kind of an odd logo for what Arkansas State does, but I, I kind of do I kind of like it. Um, it's, Which one, it's, the, the wolf head or the S T A T E? The uh, the big A in the middle of state. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's an extremely odd logo. I kind of laugh at, kind of chuckle every time I see it. Um, what I do love, I think they should just stick with. The, big wolf head personally uh and then just leave the leave that odd looking uh a state um thing for their jerseys or something else but uh i really love the wolf head i really kind of uh you know and and their colors are good i mean they're red and black so there's there's not a whole lot of wrong you can do with red and black i think there's not a you know you can't really screw that up too much and uh you know I, i think if they just use that wolf head as their primary logo i think I think they would look really cool. Uh, I don't mind the, the – it's kind of unique. It's kind of cool in a way. The um, the, the awkward uh, capitalization of the middle A in state. But, uh, you know, it's just something that you look at and you're like, whoa. Uh, oh, is this what high school – oh, wait, no, this is Arkansas State. Um, it's just a little bit high school issues. My, the, the only thing I could possibly say about it. All right. Um, well, from Arkansas State, uh, next we head down to your home state coach, uh, Georgia Southern. Yes, uh, Georgia Southern. Um, they, uh, when they were born in 1983, I, I kind of alluded to this when I talked about Oklahoma. Uh, when they were born in 1983, uh, the guy that they uh, that took that started their program, Burke Russell, was uh, at, you know at the time a legendary defensive coordinator for for the for the Georgia Bulldog teams that went to that went to three straight national championship game appearances, um, winning one of them. He was famous for having the bloody forehead from where he would headbutt uh, one of his defensive players before every game. And you would see him, he'd have his headset on, be in the middle of the game, he had blood pouring down, pouring down his face. Uh, that's kind of what he was famous for. But he was the, they called him the father of Georgia Southern football. And he, uh, you know, the very long-winded way of saying that he used the Alabama template for his uniforms, and they do it with navy blue and white. So they have the navy blue helmets with the with the single white stripe and the numbers. And uh, they've won, I think, it's five national championships at the one AA level. And uh, the guy I worked for was an offensive was an All-American offensive lineman there. 
uh, in the late nineties when he, uh, and he bought for the, uh, the original Adrian Peterson, who I think still has the FCS rushing record. Uh, the Adrian Peterson that played for the bears, um, for about 10 years or so. And, uh, you know, that's just such a classic look, and they've brought it up to FBS with them, and they just won't let go of it. And I love that about Georgia Southern, that that they they could, you know, dive into that temptation of just going absolutely crazy with their uniforms. And, you know, they ch- they've changed their scheme a bit. They still kind of have that option-based offense, which is good. But, you know, they've never deviated from their look. And, and they're a team that probably, being in the Sun Belt, probably, honestly, to get an identity should. But, you know, truth be told, they already have an identity. They're Georgia Southern. They dominated FCS, um, and uh, they were, you know, they were, they were an FCS power for a long time, and they've never really struggled recruiting in the state of Georgia, uh, and they continue to do well in the state of Georgia for uh, for their level and, uh, you know, their uniforms, their tradition, and everything that comes with playing football at Georgia Southern is the reason why they're so – is the reason why they made such a smooth transition to FCS because they're just used to winning. And, uh, you know, it's, it goes back to just never breaking the tradition of their uniforms. Yeah, I love their uniforms as well. You, you talked about that helmet. There's a bunch of teams that put kind of a funky new font on their helmets to have numbers on just one side and then a logo. Everyone's trying to rip off Boise State with that look, but there's just two teams that – have the old school numbers on both sides of the helmets, Bama and Georgia Southern. So I don't know anything about Georgia Southern football, but if I'm flipping through the channel and I see a Sunbelt team playing and they're blue helmets with a white number, I immediately know who it is. And I know that they're going to play some pretty fundamental football. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll stick within the Peach State and head over to Atlanta for Georgia State University. Well, this was a big surprise for me, um, how good they turned out. They have a blue helmet with a white panther face that I loved. I thought that was a cool helmet. Um, they wore a old-school helmet with some block lettering that was all right. The lettering looked a tad crowded nowadays, but I, I really like their usual helmet, the panther face. Um, they have a really great shade of blue. It's, you know, it, it's kind Kind of like Kansas State's blue, where it's it's not dark like a navy, but it's not powder blue either. It's sort of that in-between. It's, it's a great shade of blue. I loved it. And then a last little flourish that they do. Um, doing an outline on your numbers is hard sometimes. And, um, and I'm not talking about an outline around a block number. I'm saying you don't have your numbers filled in with color. You just literally have a thin outline. And some teams can't quite pull that off. I thought Georgia State's looked really good, especially on their black uniforms. They were the biggest surprise for me when I was breaking down this conference to to have random old Georgia State, who hasn't been playing very good football lately, look damn good. Yeah, and uh, whoever's running their marketing department within their athletic association for especially concentrating on football should get a raise because they negotiated a new stadium deal converting old Turner field into their football stadium. And uh, they're going to take pretty much that entire outfield pavilion of the old Turner field. Matt, you may know what I'm talking about. Josh, if you've ever been to Turner field, you know what I'm talking about. I have been, yep. Um, They're taking that whole outfield pavilion. They're going to leave those few rows of seats in the outfield and just turn that into a big open, uh, I don't want to use the word pavilion too much, but that you, that just a big open space. They're going to, they're going to maintain the scoreboard. I think they're going to, I think they're going to turn it in just a little bit. And they're going to try to maintain pretty much the, the structure of Are the they in the Waffle House. I think so. Well, and, the they, and, and, and the way they've designed the stadium is like perfect where they don't have to do a whole lot of renovation. Um, mostly just turning the field over and making sure the field is proportionate to where the stands are. And you know, how sometimes, you know, how sometimes you can get with baseball fields and turning them into football fields, you can kind of get, get funky with the, uh, with the dimensions, but you know, I think that's their biggest concern. And, and the fact that they made some of these subtle changes with their uniforms is awesome. I'm, I'm looking at a picture with, uh, with their black helmets and they have the cursive Panthers on it. Uh, you know, aside from me completely hating the Florida Gators with every fiber in my body, sorry, Gator fans. It's just the truth. Um, I do like the cursive 
uh, mascot on the side of the helmet. Uh, and I think the Panthers are doing that with some sort of outline. But they just have such a great color combo with the with the blue and white and the black is the third color. I, I think it's such they have such potential with it with the new stadium. They can do so many cool things with it to to attract fans and to attract really to attract recruits that, you know, if Georgia Tech's not careful, they're gonna start losing recruits to Georgia State. Yeah, well, you know, especially moving into Turner Field, like you said, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to have a really great atmosphere there uh, on game day and sort of really revitalize, um, uh, not necessarily revitalize football in, in Atlanta. Obviously, there's so much, you know, passion in Atlanta, but they are the now the team in downtown Atlanta for college, and that's going to be that's going to be really cool for them. Um, but about as far away from Georgia as you can get in this conference is the Idaho Vandals. Um, and they, they are, again, a team that's working with uh, a, a, a limited uh, color palette. Well, what's too bad is they had about their best year in quite a while last year, um, winning like eight, nine games, playing in a bowl game, winning their bowl game, um, and they're coming to the end of their – this is going to be their last season as FCS uh, – or FBS, excuse me, before rejoining – FCS, so uh, it, it pains me for a team that is going through this heartbreak to to rag on them. But their helm, their their uniforms are terrible. And what makes me so mad is they have a really cool vandal script that they've had since the '80s. Uh, in the '80s, it was black on a yellow helmet. Uh, then they switched it in the '90s to a gold helmet with black font. Um, but Last year, they introduced gold helmets with silver writing. They also introduced uh, block lettering Idaho that's in gold on a silver helmet, and then inverse. And when something is silver and gold, you cannot tell them apart when looking at pictures unless it's a zoomed-in, good, like, AP-style photo, super zoomed in. So a bad helmet... Uh, and then just some really bad stuff with their, their jerseys also. Um, their black pants kind of have this weird gold stripe that curls, so it's sort of in the shape of a J for some reason. Their black jerseys have a weird shoulder stripe on the back. Um, they just do some weird things that looks a little dated now, and their helmets, you can't read what they say. It, it's disappointing. That's yeah, probably that- the best analysis of some uniforms I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that's a quite impressive, Josh. You have gone a little bit above and beyond on this. Uh, I don't have much to add here except for let's hit some Raging Cajuns. Yeah, um, let's get back to a team that I like their looks. Uh, first of all, their uh, helmets, their jerseys, and their pants all have a double stripe, um, you know, it's like on the center shoulder sleeves. They're not the um, Ole Miss style across the shoulders. They're on their, their shoulder sleeves. But to have all three aspects of the jersey have the exact same double stripe created a lot of continuity. I really like that look. Uh, they have cool uh, fleur de lis helmets. I wish they had that logo on both sides instead of doing the Boise State logo on one side, number on the other. It was unique when Boise did it for the first time ever a decade ago, and now it's kind of played out. Um, But despite a few itty-bitty things like that with their helmet, I really loved uh, Louisiana's jerseys. They've taken off the Lafayette. I don't know if that's an official uh, change. I don't know if we can call them Louisiana. It it, it actually is official on the uh, the Sunbelt football website, at least. It is official Louisiana. Well, that is really sticking it to Louisiana Monroe. Yes, it is, and uh, as it should, because they have – I think they won this conference uh, with the nicknames, and they're dangerously close to winning this conference with the look, although Georgia Southern, Appalachian State, and really even Georgia State, which is the, the sleeper of this conference, is going to be tough to win the uniform battle here. But they're going dar- to be darn close. I love the Raging Cajuns. I wish they would do it on both sides of their helmets. I, you know, they came to, they came to UGA – Last year, so I got to see their uniforms firsthand. They wore white on white with the uh, with the red helmet, and they looked sharp. And they methodically moved the ball up and down the field. It's it's a look that they're comp- you know confident in. So as long as they can do that, I think they'll be good. And you know, just kind of stick with their brand. They know their brand. They're the Raging Cajuns. Play to that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it would be it would be nice if they if they did that. But um, just across the state, uh, Louisiana Monroe, uh, a team that is a little bit confused at times. Well, you know, I really tried my hardest not to be prejudicial with certain teams, and Louisiana Monroe was kind of the team I was worried about because I think their nickname, the Warhawks, is painfully dumb. So I was worried that I was just going to, like, hammer their jerseys unfairly. Uh, So I'm really pleased to say that they did some cool things. Um, They have really nice modern-looking numbers that that I enjoyed. Uh, I wish their bird head was a tad bigger on their helmets. Um, But but they have some good looks, and I think it has to do with the fact that maroon's a good football color. It it looks really good on a lot of teams as long as you – be simple, and Louisiana Monroe did that. They didn't have a lot of weird piping. They didn't have, you know, some of the traps that schools fall into with odd stripes on their pants. They didn't have a tramp stamp. Like, like they kept it pretty simple and just kind of let the maroon speak for itself. So I like their jerseys. <laughs> the tramp stamp. I'll, you got to love that look. It's it's such a dumb like you, you just fell for hook, line, and sinker. What some marketing executive at Nike brought to you, or what, the one I really hate is the is the freaking letters on the on the side of the thigh. I really hate that. God, yeah. I hate that so much. Um, I hate that Nike teams do that. And uh, one one of the ones that I, I guess I've just always associated with Bishop Gorman and Matt. You know what I'm talking about with QB one. Yep. I've just kind of always associated that with, with them. And just, I don't know, it just makes me cringe a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm glad that there's, there's a lot of teams out there that are like, screw you, Mikey, I'm not doing that. Um, there's a lot of teams out there that do fall into that trap, which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, teams like ULM aren't like that. They go with Adidas because Adidas won't do that to them. And as much as I think Adidas is very much the third banana as far as, you know, apparel – I think they do a good job with their combos. I think they have comfortable stuff. I just, you know, just wish they would have a little bit better of a following. They could spruce some things up a little bit as far as, you know, the performance of their stuff. But, you know, I think overall they do make a good uniform. I think what gives Adidas a bad rap is whoever was in charge of designing Texas A&M's uniforms should should probably just not design any more uniforms. I'll be nice about it, but – well, you know, another team that just left Adidas is uh, Mississippi State. Oh, wait, sorry. I meant New Mexico State. Uh, they have the exact <laughs> same uniforms. But they recently did move from Adidas to Under Armour. So, Josh, how did, how did they turn out in that, in that move? Uh, well, unfortunately, they have those weird Under Armour slashes above the knee. I, I th- wish more schools had opted out of having that look. Um, their shoulder sleeves are also multiple colors, and that doesn't quite work for me. I'll tell you one thing that I thought was a really interesting touch is the black numbers on the red jerseys was, uh, was kind of unique for me. They had a, a helmet with it was a red helmet with two pistols. Sounds like Huck making a, a cameo for us. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's like, you know what? You can't do a podcast without me getting involved in it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're almost done here, so we, we can wrap this up pretty quickly then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, what's weird is uh, is they've got a red helmet with two pistols on it, but the handles are also red, so it's just kind of like two silver blobs. Uh, when you go to the Helmet Project, and I cannot plug this site enough, I have nothing to do with it, and it's just freaking awesome. They have, like, basically every helmet ever worn since the 1960s. New Mexico State in the mid-'80s wore these awesome, awesome helmets where it's a big A, and in the kind of in-between area of an A, they have their Aggie cowboy guy who's always firing pistols. They have him standing in the middle of the A, and then Aggie's written underneath the A. It's so cool. I wish they wore those helmets. Those are some of my favorite helmets I've ever seen for a random school that I don't care anything about. Coach? Yeah, it's uh, – I mean – I think staying with Adidas would have been the good look for New Mexico State. They have these one uniforms that they're wearing from Adidas that have the helmets that they're wearing. It looks like the state flag logo, and those are awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, with, with Adidas, I think they were not, not Adidas. I'm, I'm all discombobulated now. But with, uh, with Under Armour, I think they fell into the trap of, hey, you're a first-year 
Under Armour team. So why not do all the weird stripes and let us test it out on you? And um, they did. And, well, let's just say that it's not the best look for them. Uh, and they should probably consult with a different look. And hopefully Under Armour decided uh, that as well and said, you know what, we're just not going to make college teams stuff to do that. We'll give some of the high school teams that don't have a lot of money to budget on uniforms, we'll kind of give them that, that stripe and make that kind of our lower-priced option uh, yeah. for teams that want to order that. But, you know, as far as making some of our top-notch teams wear that, eh, we're just not going to do that. So <laughs> hopefully somebody's saying that somewhere at uh, up in Baltimore. All right. Well, uh, another team that's got a what looks like an NCAA uh, 2014 create a team uniform uh, is South Alabama. I mean, basically, it is a create a team. They're one of the youngest universities uh, in FBS. Yeah, they're brand new, but they're they're doing some good things already. First of all, they're another team that has really nice modern numbers. It, it, you know, like I said with TCU, they used to have cool modern numbers. It, it's weird to say TCU should look at what. South Alabama's doing, but honest to God, South Alabama has really cool modern numbers. Uh, they also have a team that sort of stumbled into two good helmets, and I liked them equally. Uh, so they have the uh, Jaguar head helmet that is one of those, I almost think of it as a Milwaukee Brewer logo where it's doing two things at once. The way the Jag, the way the jag is sort of shaped ovalish, and then with some like tails coming off of it, it almost looks like a football being thrown. But it's also got teeth and stuff, so it, you know it's a Jaguar head. I like that. And then they also have Jags written in big block letters at kind of an angle, a la the Giants of the 1990s, which is a cool helmet design. So South Alabama stumbling into two helmets that I really, really like. Josh, yeah, uh, Josh uh, do you know why you like it so much? Because uh, of Tecmo Super Bowl playing with Lawrence Taylor? Because it's a Jag. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good top gear reference. Coach? <laughs> nice. I don't know if I can top that, but uh, no, I, I think Nike did a really good job with their uniforms. I really like the block jacks across. I think they should just stick with that. Uh, they have a really good color combo with the uh, navy blue and red and, and white. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. So, I think they've done a good job. I, I'll, I'll be simple and be brief. Uh, my favorite part about it is when they wear their white helmets and they have the block jacks across it and everything else just kind of falls into place. All right. Uh, Texas State, uh, Josh. Yeah. Uh, so this was a weird team. As I was looking at their, you know, video clips and, and things like that, I was like, are these jerseys brown or maroon? What is this? So then I had to Wikipedia them because it you know, tells you their colors. It's a good way to check it out. Well, they're – their colors are maroon and gold, but their gold is such a dark shade, it looks like brown. So, the, so I was like, oh, okay, it's not just me. Uh, I wish their helmets were logo, or I wish their helmet logos were bigger, um, but at the same time, their logo is also a little generic. So Texas State, young program, just, they quite, they haven't quite fallen into to something good yet. And uh, once they do, hopefully it all works out for the Bobcats. All right, let me make an analogy for Texas State. And, uh, you know, in looking at their uniforms compared to the rest of the conference, I'll, I'll go ahead and say they're woefully behind. But um, you remember when you were playing, like, NCAA 2013 or NCAA 2012, and you would put on your schedule uh, Division One AA Southeast. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember that? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Division One AA Midwest. And they would just have the most generic – basic uniform combo ever mm-hmm. that's texas state all right uh i i got <laughs> nothing to add to that uh i think we should move on finally to troy yeah this is a this is an interesting team they uh they recently changed their helmets they used to have kind of a weird busy logo where it said troy on a shield with two swords behind it kind of looked like the sacramento kings logo it was way too uh intensive they changed that a couple seasons ago. It's now a T that's sort of stylized like a sword. It's really cool. I wish it was a little wider. It's sometimes hard to tell what it is. They used to interlock back in the 70s an S with a T. I'm curious what an interlocked S would look like in that sword T. Maybe that's something they could experiment with. Uh, they also did something very unique of, um, on their red jerseys. They have a metallic silver Troy nameplate, which uh, is – 
definitely a unique experiment. I'm not sure if I loved it or loathed it, but uh, it was nice to see someone trying something new. And uh, I think Troy is onto something by changing that helmet logo just to, to figure out the last few flourishes to have a better look. Anything to add there, Coach? I mean, Troy's done a tremendous job. Adidas has done a tremendous job with Troy. I think I think the key to Adidas is just stick to the uh, to the lower to the group of five teams and below because they do a good job with with those uniforms. They you know when the pressure's not on for like a big name like Nebraska or Texas A&M, I think Adidas does a good job. Uh, and I think Troy has done a really good job in their new logo. I really think it's sharp with the sword. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Josh. I think it should be bigger. I think if it was a more prominent logo, it would be really cool. And you could it could be a standalone logo on the helmet, and you wouldn't need any stripes. Yeah. And I really like it. I really like, uh, you know, and, and what they should do is instead of putting Trojans on the front of their jersey, they should put Troy with that T, that prominent T, and then mm. Troy on the front. I think that would look extremely sharp. And then you could have, like, the, the standard Adidas triple stripe, which is – uh, which is really kind of subtle, but it brings enough – it adds just enough accent to the uniform to make it look cool. All right. Well, Josh, uh, take it home for us. Uh, who's coming oh. out here in the Sun Belt? All right. So some individual accolades, uh, App State and Georgia State tied with having the best helmets with Georgia Southern just behind. For the individual best look in a home game, uh, Appalachian State and Georgia State – and South Alabama all tied with an 8 out of 10. Uh, Georgia Southern, again, nipping at the heels with a 7 out of 10. Uh, for a best individual road week look, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, just now Louisiana, sorry to the Raging Cajuns. I'm doing my best to take Lafayette out of my vocabulary. But uh, Louisiana tied with App State for the individual best road uh, look all 12 weeks uh, averaged out. Appalachian State won that. Louisiana Monroe got second, and Georgia Southern, that classic, classic look that we talked about, got third uh, for just taking their two best looks um, and averaging those two best looks. Appalachian State won that uh, pretty easily. And believe it or not, App State so far is the only team in its individual conference to win outright or tie all six of my categories. So their composite rank score was a one. And since it's like golf, that's the lowest possible number they could get. App State ran away with this thing. The surprise, South Alabama finished second for me. Uh, Louisiana Monroe uh, finished third. The two Georgia schools were neck and neck with Southern, just barely beating uh, Georgia State. Louisiana Lafayette got, uh, or excuse me, there was Louisiana Monroe that was, surprise uh, finishing third for me uh, then Louisiana Lafayette at six uh, New Mexico State seven Arkansas State eight Troy nine Idaho 10 and super duper generic Texas State San Marcos Bobcats 11 all right uh, coach anything to add to wrap us up for the day well um, I think Georgia Southern I think you could you could uh, pretty much tell by the the soliloquy I went about Georgia Southern that they finished first. Um, so that's probably no surprise there. Appalachian State finished a very, very, very close second. And then uh, sitting at third was Louisiana. But I think with some of the recent things they've done with their combos, I think Georgia State jumped into a tie for third with with Louisiana. I think they received enough votes to, to finish tied there with third and, and split the third place purse there. And then uh, and everybody else just kind of finished below that. I think everybody was relatively solid. I, you know, South Alabama would probably be the next team in. Yeah, um, no. Continuing the rankings. No and, true stinkers besides Texas State here. In, yeah, Texas in State was was abysmal. They I, they were they put no effort into that. I think I think Huck could come up with a better combo. <laughs> truth. I I just want to say before we get to uh, the preview shortly, I gotta clean up remembering the Sun Belt. They're the only conference that has multiple schools with the same, like Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Louisiana, Monroe, Louisiana, like, you know, Michigan and Michigan State, that's easy enough to separate because we have Indiana and Purdue. We don't have Indiana Bloomington, Indiana West Lafayette. Like the Sun Belt just has so many teams with similar names that I feel like I'm always second guessing myself. I guarantee you, I will not 
I mean, even like Appalachian State, Arkansas State, like yes. a state. So, anyhow, well, you have two GSU's too, and it's Georgia Southern and Georgia State. Exactly. So yes, you, so you can't even do abbreviations. Like sometimes you can get away with it by going Michigan MSU. Mm-hmm. You, can't even yeah. do that. you do GSU, and you're like, oh wait. So <laughs> like, if I'm abbreviating, I'll go G A S O U, and then GSU for for Georgia State, and then uh, for, like, Appy State, I'll go Appy State, and then for Arkansas State, I'll go Arky State. And you, you have to get you creative know, with your abbreviations. You know how there's, like, the Indiana University, Purdue University, Indiana, IUPUI, and basketball? I really, really want there to be a Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Georgia Atlanta, where it's just, like, everything possibly combined into one college. It would have the best acronym. Well, Josh, let's get it. Let's get a loan. And let's let's start that university. Oh, Josh, Josh, you know what our mascot would be? The Carthaginians. Yeah, we have an elephant. It would be fantastic. Okay. I think, well, I, so I think it, I think it would be I think it would be G S G S G T U G A dash A for Atlanta. No, 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 no. It would have to be dash A T O. Georgia State's already in Atlanta, so you wouldn't have to be in Atlanta. You'd have to have it somewhere else. You'd go to Savannah. It would be M Macon. Make it happen. Well, Mercer, Mercer's in Macon. No one cares about Mercer other than when they beat Duke in basketball a few years ago. That's true. <laughs> Put right, Macon well. on the map, baby. Central Georgia. <laughs> some, Mercer, some Mercer fan who's like, oh, I like college football. I listen to this podcast. Suddenly I just gave their university a whole bunch of shade. And they're like, what the hell is this? Oh, good Lord. Well, um, on that note, uh, we're going to end it for the day. So uh, on behalf of uh, the coach, Corey Burton, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, I'm the professor in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Shout out to Aunt Sally. Thanks for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. To get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.